listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Morning, guys. How are you? Man, I am so glad to see you this morning. It's good to be in church. And, uh, oh, hey, Lozano's. How are you guys? That, that lady right there, it was the flower girl in my wedding. And she's getting married now. Old. Old. Awesome. Man, well, I am so excited to be in church this morning. I've been excited about this new series. It's honestly been something that I've been thinking about a lot. But before we get into all that, I have to admit to you guys that I am a complete um, superhero nerd. Anybody else with me? I know there's at least one. Uh, okay, so like, I just totally nerd out over the superhero stuff. And, and uh, like, I saved up when I was a kid all the box tops and sent in for this shirt. No, I'm just kidding. Target had a sale. Um, <laughs> but I'm a total sucker for any Marvel movie for sure. Sometimes the shows are, are, are pretty good, but, but Marvel movies for sure. And then if I really need a fix, I might watch a DC movie because they're not as good. Um, but uh, boom, mic drop. Just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been introducing the Marvel Cinematic Universe to my youngest son, Dylan, lately, and uh, he's loving it. And, but as I rewatch these movies with him, I kind of notice uh, some things. Um, the details of how these heroes get their powers or abilities uh, vary, but most of the movies usually have the same elements to the movie. Uh, I, I, I found this picture online. It's a little hard to see, but it's basically a recipe for a superhero movie. So you have uh, one-third cup arch nemesis, one cup justice, one tablespoon of mercy, two cups of courage, love potion, uh, RIP parents, right? So, <laughs> so it's like a recipe for, for a superhero movie. But, but I noticed that there were some, uh, some similarities in a lot of these movies, especially the origin stories, right? Most of, most of the time, these movies, the soon-to-be hero is somehow distinctly different than everybody else, right? So, so maybe he or she is, is an outcast or uh, extremely smart or very wealthy or, or maybe they've had a great tragedy in their life. Um, whatever it is, there's something that sets them apart from everyone else in the story, right? And, and usually they begin to discover why that is about 30 minutes into the movie, right? And, and whether it's a special ability that they find within themselves or a long-lost weapon that they discover that only they can use and there was a prophecy about it or something, or maybe they just, which is really believable, they got bit by a radioactive spider. Like, you know, may, maybe that's, that's the one. Um, despite what it is, because I said the details vary, right, uh, something begins to take shape in their lives that showed them that they were meant for more than just an ordinary life. Pretty soon they begin to realize new possibilities for the greater good that could come uh, w- with this power that they have. And, but first, they have to do one thing. Every superhero does this in every movie. They have to test 
their limits, right? They have to test their limits. The, the hero has to determine the reach of their abilities, and they do this by testing for weaknesses, right? And, and because knowing our limitations and weaknesses, in essence, makes us stronger, because if, if it gives you the ability to address where you're vulnerable, right, so that you can be stronger. And we, we may not all be superheroes in here. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I, I don't know about you guys, if you guys are just your, your secret identities today or, or whatever. But, um, but I, we're, we may not all be superheroes, but the same thing applies to us and the way we follow Jesus. Um, and, I, and I realized that that's kind of like a, whoa, snap transition here. But actually, I want to set that aside for a moment. So let's just take that and set it over here for now. Um, now, I know I'm kind of nerding out over here over the superhero stuff, and, and I apologize for that. Um, somewhere, maybe I've already lost you, and, and you have no idea what we're talking about and what's going on. But um, let's, let's just set all that aside for a moment. And I was just wondering if we could do something different today. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad. That's technically all I need. Um, uh, and so I was wondering if you guys would want to play a game. Yes. You want to play a game? Okay, cool. So uh, today, we are going to have a race in the church, right? Your whole life, people have said, no running in church, but today we are going to run in church, right? Well, two people are, um, uh, I'm, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to pick two contestants from our studio audience, right, to participate in, in a race. And, and uh, these two contestants will stand on the opposite back corners of the room. And when I say go, they will run up to the front of the church and pour a jug of water into this jug. Simple enough. Whoever gets the most water in the jug without spilling wins the race. Does that make sense? Pretty clear? Sounds easy enough? So, so whoever spills the least wins the race. All right? Are we ready? So, we need two contestants here. James, can you cue my music? All right, let's see here. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Sean, come on up. And let's see. I want to I wanna get a, a, a lady. Jody, come on up. Jody, come on up. Come on up. to the front, guys. Come on up to the front. All right. Okay, perfect. So, so we'll start ladies first. What's your name and where are you from? So, can, what's that? He's really good at pouring water. Okay, well, I chose the right person. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. Here's what we're going to do. All right, guys, you are going to cheer for Sean. 
Ladies, you are going to cheer for Jody, okay? All right. So I want you guys to go to the back corners of the sanctuary. Jody did it too, so we're all good. All right, so so whoever fills the jug with the most amount of water wins the game. And when you are done filling the jug, all I want you to do to signify that you're done is lift your jug up in the air. Okay? Simple enough, right? Okay. All right, cut the prices right, music. Are we ready? Set. Go! So, what happened? You, you look wet. There, I'm sorry, there's a hole in your bucket? Oh, okay. All right, all right, okay. Well, so, man, how do you feel about that? I'm a little upset. Jody, how does that make you feel? I could not possibly win. You could not possibly win. That's right, that's right. Hmm. Very interesting. Would you have liked to have that information ahead of time? It would have been nice. It would have been nice. Okay. I say for round two. So you get neon orange. You get neon green. All right. And so what, we're not going to race forward. This time what we're going to do is patch up, your, patch up your bucket or your pitcher and try again. Ready? Thanks, dude. All right. So, so, so your, your pitcher has cracks in the bottom of it, right? So take a moment, examine where the cracks are. Don't, don't start yet. You're cheating. Come on. <laughs> Cheater. Cheater. Right? Cheater. All right. So we're not going to race from the back because the floor is now wet. So... Um, so here, so on the count of three, we're going to start over again and you can repair your pitcher and the first one to get the most water in their pitcher wins without leaking. Ready, set, go. Let's hear it. Come on. Jody, you got it, Sean. 
equal opportunity. Alright, dude. Get it. Let's see. Let's see. duct tape. Just kidding. <laughs> no, you can have it. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Sean, see me after church and I'll get you a Keeping Redlands Radical hat. Perfect. All right. So let's thank our contestants one more time. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. That was fun, right? That was fun. You didn't expect to hear Prices Right music at church, right? Right, uh, so I, I I know that in case you missed it, that little game had a purpose, right? It, it did have a purpose. I know I Jedi mind tricked you into thinking that we were just having fun in church, but but there really was a purpose. Um, I, I think it's important for us as disciples to find out where our cracks in our faith really are, right? Uh, but not only just to find them, but we need to continually be putting in the effort to repair those cracks, right? Uh, maybe you're not a believer in God yet, and that's okay uh, if you're not a believer in, in God. Erwin McManus says, whether you're a believer in God or not, God believes in you, and I love that. Um, if, if that's you, what you can take away from that little exercise is that we believers aren't perfect. I, I, I know you've probably met some Jesus followers that thought they were perfect, and put up a pretty perfect persona for everyone to see, but the secret they don't want you to know is that they are not perfect, right? And none of us are perfect, believer or not. We're all vulnerable, and in different ways because of our life experiences, because God has made each and every one of us beautifully and intricately unique which means we don't all respond to the same thing in the same way. But what I'm getting at is whether you're a believer or you're a pre-believer, we are all in process. We're all in process. We all have holes and cracks in our faith in Jesus that need attention, right? Just because your faith looks good on the outside doesn't mean it'll hold water, right? If you have cracks in your faith, no matter what Jesus pours into you, you, won't, you will not fully retain it. No matter what Jesus pours into you, if you have cracks in your faith, you will not fully retain it. That's why we have to address these cracks in our relationship with God. Because whatever Jesus pours into us, we want to hold on to it and not let it leak all over my floor, Right? We want to let whatever Jesus gives us change us to be more like him. That's what discipleship 
is discipleship is just a fancy church word for the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And, and when we don't address these cracks in our faith, it hinders the discipleship process. It hinders our progress in becoming more and more like Jesus. That's why testing for cracks in our faith is so important. And honestly, it's not a new concept. Um, testing your faith isn't a new idea. In fact, the Apostle Paul encouraged the Corinthian church to do this very thing. Uh, Paul started this Jesus-believing church in the city of Corinth and, and uh, on one of his many missionary journeys. And after moving on to his next mission, he received word that things weren't going so well in the Corinthian church. Uh, they actually had quite a bit of problems, uh, from ranging from uh, division in the church to sexual immorality, from they didn't really understand what the purpose of their church gatherings were for, to whether believing in the resurrection of Jesus was really foundational to being a Christian or not. And, and those are some big issues and I know the church worldwide today can't relate to any of those um, problems. Um, so Paul hears all this and, and writes a letter to the church that addresses all these problems. We, we know this letter as 1 Corinthians, right? But it seems that many in the church rejected Paul's teaching in, in that first letter and rebelled against Paul's authority. And, and the main source of the Corinthian church's rebellion was that all centered around the fact that they had started to listen to false teachers. Most of these teachers that they were listening to, that they had begun to take notice of, they were uh, wealthy. They were outwardly more impressive than Paul. Um, these super apostles, as Paul sarcastically calls them, were perverting the truth of the gospel. And they were also bad-mouthing Paul in the process about his lack of success. And, and the apostle Paul was poor and earned whatever he could through manual labor. Uh, he was always being persecuted and experiencing some kind of suffering. Uh, Paul was even homeless a lot of the time, right? And, and, uh, couple those things with the fact that he wasn't a very impressive public speaker, and the Corinthian church decided to shift their loyalties to more outwardly impressive teachers. And in essence, this lured them away from the truth about Jesus Christ. And the evidence in Scripture points to the fact that Paul visited the church at one point, and it didn't go very well. Uh, there, there's also evidence that, uh, that Paul had written another letter to the Corinthians that was very painful for him to write. But the second letter actually resulted in, the most, um, in most of the Corinthian church realizing their arrogance and apologizing to Paul. Uh, I say most of the church because not all of the Corinthians were on board with this. Some of, this, some of them wanted to stick with the super apostles. And, and that and that brings us to the letter that we know as 2 Corinthians, where, where Paul and most of the church are reconciled, but there's still some that aren't. And 2 Corinthians starts out with Paul affirming his reconciliation and love for the Corinthian church. Uh, he addresses a few different topics in this letter, but the overarching theme is summarized well in 2 Corinthians 8-9, which, uh, which is this. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. I'm going to read that one more time. I know it's wordy. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Paul reminds them that looking to the outward appearance and signs of success presents a distorted value system for those who claim to follow Jesus. Because Jesus Christ left his glory in heaven, right? He lowered himself to the point that even though he was perfect in every way, He was killed in the manner of a criminal. And he did it all this so that we may become rich in the grace of God. Not wealth, not comfort, not eloquence, but the grace of God. And all the outward signs that the Corinthian church were attracted to in those false teachers weren't representative of the example Jesus set for his followers. The Apostle Paul is not a self-promoter or a, a bragger at all. In fact, he struggles with a pretty low opinion of himself. In 1 Timothy 1.15, he actually calls himself the foremost sinner, the, 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 the worst sinner, the foremost sinner, and, but even though Paul is very forthcoming about his weaknesses, he had plenty of characteristics that he could brag about if he wanted to. And, I, and like, I mean, the guy had an encounter with the risen Jesus. Like, he had an encounter. Not many people can say that, that he had an encounter with the risen Jesus himself. He also was given visions from God of Jesus in his throne room in heaven. And, and not to mention that the dude used to be a Pharisee and has the whole Bible memorized. Not just like he knows it a little bit, like he has it memorized, right? Uh, but Paul would only get into that kind of stuff if, if it were absolutely necessary. He would much rather focus on the work of Jesus in him. And this is what he is trying to get the Corinthian church to take stock of is is the real Jesus Christ at work in you. Is the real Jesus Christ at work in you? Are you becoming a true disciple of Jesus? And the only way to figure that out, honestly, is to test your faith for cracks, right? To test your faith for cracks. Paul tells the church in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, This is our main verse for the day. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? What Paul is getting at is the only way you know if you are in the faith is to test your faith, right? And and to test and and see if the true Jesus is in you. Are we in the process of becoming more like Jesus? 
Or are there cracks in our discipleship that are hindering that process? And, and as we prepare in the next few weeks, Ricardo talked about it earlier, but our church has, has small groups, small discipleship groups. We call them grow groups. Um, and because that's what we want to do is grow together in faith. So we call them grow groups. And uh, we're launching our grow groups in just a, just a couple of weeks, and, uh, which is where a lot of the discipleship process in our church takes place. And, and this, this concept of testing our faith is what we're going to spend our time examining over the next few weeks leading up to that launch. And, and in the coming weeks of this series called Pardon Our Dust, we will examine what it means to test our faith for cracks. The goal of addressing them is to make sure our process of becoming like Jesus is in forward motion. And we're going to do this by asking ourselves three questions. The first question is this. I'm just going to give you the whole series right now. Um, so never mind. I shouldn't do that because then you won't come back. Um, I'm just going to give you the questions. How about that? There we go. <laughs> First question is, am I a disciple of Jesus? Do I actually know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus? Uh, this is crucial because if we don't truly understand what makes a disciple of Jesus, how can we be expected to follow the great commission of making disciples of Jesus, right? Um, so this is a huge one. The second one, do I believe in the objective truth of the Bible? Do I believe that God's word is true and that it is impartial? Do I believe that the written word of God has multiple meanings for me to choose my own beliefs like I would at a Vegas buffet line? Or do I believe that the Bible has one truth, that uh, God's objective truth, and though he uses his Holy Spirit to speak to us through it, he never contradicts his objective truth in the word. Understanding how we shouldn't approach the Bible as a tool to find our own meaning, but to seek what God meant and intended to communicate to us through his word is crucial in our discipleship, absolutely crucial. And the third question we'll be exploring, uh, the last question is, how do I grow through the family of church? How do I grow through the family of church? And when we tackle that question, we're going to launch our grow gathering right after church, and you're going to get to meet our grow group leaders, and, and there's free food, which always makes Ricardo show up. So, um, so, so we're going to be tackling how do I grow through the family of church? And, and the emphasis on that question is on the word grow. How do I grow? How do I grow through the family of church? Why is it important to be around and learn from other Christians? Do I, have, do I have a sit and split relationship with my church family where I check going to church off the to-do list? Or am I intentionally pursuing growth in and from my family of believers, also known as the body of Christ? Many of us have had our discipleship hindered by destructive encounters with the church. And I really want you to listen to this. Many of us have had destructive encounters with the church, and that's because the church is, is, is made up of imperfect people. It really is. And honestly, our church, the Mission Redlands, we're not perfect either. 
We're not perfect either. I'm not a perfect pastor. My leaders aren't perfect. Um, Our denomination isn't perfect. But we are all full of cracks that occasionally leak and spill all over the floor. But we are striving every day. Listen to this. We are striving as a community of believers every day to patch up those cracks and test ourselves to make sure that the true Jesus Christ is at work in us. And honestly, that's what we want for you too. So as the band comes up, I just want to say if you're new with us today and you were on the quest to find a perfect church, I'm sorry you failed, which I guess makes you imperfect too. (laughs) Because today, what you found is a family of believers made up of imperfect people who are committed to being more like Jesus every day and to helping others grow and to make strong disciples so that they may retain as much of Jesus as possible. We're all in somewhere in that process. Maybe you've been a believer in Jesus your whole life, or maybe you've yet to believe, but I have news for you. You were meant for more. You were meant for more. You weren't just meant for an ordinary life. God designed you unlike anyone else in creation. He has a hope for you and a plan to grow your faith in him. God sent his son, Jesus, so that by the finished work of the cross and resurrection, your heart could be truly restored from sin and your life lived in his kingdom. The fact remains, though, that the outward appearance of faith doesn't mean Jesus is in you. So as we take this journey on this new sermon series, I would encourage you to be honest with yourself and honest with those who you are close with about where you are at in your relationship with God. And come over these next few weeks with an open heart, ready to get to the truth of these tough questions. I think it's going to be a pivotal time in our church. Some of you who have been believers your whole life are like, man, this sounds, sounds pretty basic. This sounds boring. I would encourage you to come with a heart ready to test yourself. Test yourself. Test your faith with an honest heart and an open mind. So let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you that the grace that we sang of being like an ocean, Lord, that you Give that to us, Lord. That your grace is unending for a repentant heart.
Father, you are so worthy of our praise, Lord. I pray, God, as we, I pray, God, as we examined, as we continue to examine these questions, Lord, in the coming weeks, God, that you would open our minds, open our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would guide and convict, Lord, that you would speak through your word, your objective truth to us, Lord. God, that that we wouldn't isolate anymore, but that we would choose to grow in faith and in family. Lord, you're so good to us. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.